Well, hello, third place podcast listeners. Welcome to a bonus episode of the third place podcast. This episode is uh, an interview with our friend Sabina Hitchens. It's almost the second part of our episode nine, facing our fears and insecurities. So we wanted to interview someone that has had some success in life, who many would probably think doesn't struggle with fear is insecurity. Uh, but as we've kind of unpacked during that episode, we, we really concluded that everybody does. Just it's part of the human condition. So a little bit about Sabina. Sabina Hitchin is an entrepreneur, speaker, and media expert dedicated to educating and empowering entrepreneurs and small business owners to get publicity strategically and confidently. Sabina's former professional life saw her work as an educator and education curriculum creator before moving on to a career in public relations in New York City, where she told the stories of brands of all sizes in the national and local media. It was here where she discovered the power publicity had on small businesses and dedicated herself to creating tools and resources to help them utilize it for growth. Sabina now sits as the founder and principal of Press for Success PR Prep School, where they offer streaming online PR and buzz building classes, as well as a monthly PR support membership community that has become an essential tool for small business owners around the country. Sabina and her work have been seen in Good Morning America, USA Today, The Huffington Post, Fox Business News, ABC News, NBC News, Shape Magazine, Women's Health, Forbes, and more. Sabina lives with her husband, daughter, and dog, George Michael, and you can follow along with her and get juicy PR tips at Sabina Knows on Instagram. So without further ado, welcome Sabina to the Third Place Podcast. So David and Mary here with the Third Place Podcast. We are thrilled to have Sabina join us in a conversation that is a vulnerable one, but a necessary one. It's extremely important. We were just talking about how important it is, especially in this time. And when we were thinking of like, who could be the best person to interview when we are breaking down insecurity, we immediately thought of Sabina because, <laughs> yes, <laughs> surprise <Yay>! to you. <laughs> Well, because you have been, um, you were pivotal to us in our insecurity journey and starting this podcast. So it was less that we felt like, okay, she's going to be someone that has very personal experience with it. More like, wow, you were so crucial to us. It was so little and, but so deeply impactful that we thought how cool to flip the script and say, you know, first of all, this is like a, a way of saying thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then also, so Sabina is a PR guru and uh, just a powerhouse and has taught us more in the two hours of, of calls that we've had than probably in my life of, you know, learning about PR. And so you're in the world where you have to be a face of many things on many occasions. And we felt like, you know, you exude confidence to us and have also supported us in this journey. So we're, we're really grateful to sort of dive into the, the conversation of insecurity and hear your relationship to it. And, and, you know, truthfully too, like you're successful, right? So I think there's an assumption out there that people that are very successful and comparing ourselves to someone like that, there's an assumption that, well, you wouldn't have insecurity. So I'm kind of going out a leap of faith that that's not true. <laughs> people that are, are successful have just as much insecurity as people who don't. So 
maybe maybe you're gonna say no. I have, oh my gosh, I'm no, I'm so <laughs> maybe not, I'm not sure. And what's really interesting, first of all, thank you for having me, and I'm excited that we're talking about this. And as we were sort of talking like pre-show, uh, I the alignment of this topic is so huge. First of all, I'm obsessed with all things discomfort and being uncomfortable and courage, and they're all the same. They're all part of the same omelet and they're all hanging out together. And because it's on my, my huge quest, right, to be more courageous and to be okay being uncomfortable, which I'm not always good at. But what's interesting was I look at people who I admire, who I think, oh my gosh, that woman has it all together, like, which is never me. It's like always looking at someone else. And then I get to know them in a setting like this or in a business event or something now all virtual. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just as insecure as me or they're just as trying to figure it out or they're admitting that they feel like a fool whenever they post on Facebook or something. So we're all in it together and I'm 100% on a constant quest to feel more secure, but definitely getting there more and more. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because we did feel like one of the truths that we came to as we were preparing to do this podcast was that it really is a shared experience across the board mm-hmm. for everyone. And so there's there's a way that like in connecting on something like that, you can experience connection and love. And so through something that is so humbling, like insecurity, mm-hmm. like how cool that we can find connectors in in a challenging emotion that we all feel. And I feel like people who are really successful, like the people we all look up to, the, the names we just recognize and read about or look at at ink or something, those people who are often connected because relationships are everything and people connect at different levels all know that they share the same things that we all know and they find ways to help each other through that just like we're doing here because that's how we all elevate. So it's not like you get to a certain tier of success and you're like, oh, this is the part when I'm super confident. Like, I don't think that (laughs) ever happens. I think you're just like, oh, here are some new things I can be insecure about or here's something else I can worry about or, you know, like work through. But I feel like these people who keep elevating, elevating, they all know we share the same stuff. We're not all that different, but um, they're finding ways to talk. Even the talking about, about it immediately takes away that sort of fear and power. But they're, they're doing that because they know they have to do that to elevate. And I think that's a big part of their power and things we all forget is like they don't hide from it. They embrace it and figure out how to face it because they don't have time for that holding them back. Yeah, so true. I'm so like in talking about your experience of elevating over and over, mm-hmm. right? Like what has insecurity looked like to you over the years and how do you how have you continued to elevate throughout? I think about this all the time. Um because I think in a, and not that David can't relate, but also Mary like as a woman, you have all these other things going on insecurity-wise with you, but then as a woman in business, that's when I think If I were to look back and say, wow, I wish I had done that differently or known differently, it would be in business, not believing in myself enough to in the beginning Mm. to even go into business by myself. I thought I have to have a partner to do this, not because I thought my business partner brought something to the table necessarily that I didn't have. It was more that I didn't think I had it enough on my own. Like I couldn't, I was in my twenties. I didn't intend to be a business owner, but again, I was like, I can't do this on my own because I didn't trust myself enough. And every business misstep, I think I, when I look back and I got like, 
I heard something from someone recently said, like, if you aren't a little embarrassed about who you were last year, you're not growing enough. So I look back every time, like, look back on myself. I'm like, yikes, right? Like, the things we've done in business, you look back and you're like, oh, that, like, cr- I cringe thinking about it. But it's often because I was not secure enough with myself or sure enough about myself, all that stuff that's linked in to make the decisions on my own, to think I could do something on my own until I messed up enough with, you know, like not trusting myself enough that I decided to start doing that. Of course, then like, of course, that's when all the magic happens. It's like every cliche, but that was huge. Like I repeatedly chose to work with other people and not just myself. Whoa. I didn't, I'm saying that because I feel like you're saying something I've, I don't know if I've said out loud that I, David has experienced my own journey too, that I've always been like, okay, well, I'll start this if it's with this person Mm because they're going to round out my, my skill set. And it's actually hindered me from doing practically anything as a result. And I do think there's like this easy, like you want someone to be able to give you that push and that by being a partner in it, that gives you the push that you need. Yeah, like within the first year of our relationship, I'm like, uh, you, you, you're an entrepreneur. And you're like, no, I'm not. Like, it's yeah, hard to do that, right? And also we think, I feel like for me, it was like, well, this is like a safety net. Like I was just like so afraid to take that leap, realizing now I can hire what I need to have. And, um, and again, some people, it's super awesome to be in a partnership. Like some people are amazing partners. And, but for me, I knew I was making those choices too much out of fear or not trusting myself. And then but like in any relationship, you keep making that same mistake. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this again until it gets so bad. You're like, why can't I just, like something inside me was like, I want to do this on my own. I so need to do this on my own, but I didn't trust myself in the beginning. So I had to learn the hard way of thinking like that person would be like a parachute, but they became, it's like a weight on your business when it's not the right person. So that repeated itself a couple times through my business career. And now only... So I started my first business in my 20s. I am now 41. And only now, so like right at the end of my like 38th, 39th year, I finally was like free of any business. Part. Like I took over one business fully and then I separated. I have always, I have two businesses I run. I separated what from one and started my own sort of thing on my own. So that was a big deal for me, but it only came through a lot of like right personal growth and growing up. And I think that's okay also because you don't want to look back and like keep beating yourself up for mistakes you made when you were insecure or were more insecure than you are now. I know that you have a young child at home, Mm -hmm. right? How old? She is 21 months old. So I'm wondering, is there any tie between you becoming a mother and making, because that was, that's so my story too, is that becoming a mother, I like was propelled into Uh, a confidence that I had never had prior. There was definitely that. I mean, day to day, especially it's funny and pre pandemic, um, the motherhood definitely just, I was, everything else was small compared to a being so tired. I didn't have time to worry about stuff. And then also just wanting to take care of this child. Now during the pandemic, when my business, like I am the, I am the higher breadwinner compared to my husband. So my, need and desire to protect my pack and my family is like levels any need to feel bad about like asking for an opportunity. But even prior to that, I think it was me even before Juliet was born, I was starting I was already going solo and it was because I was having this realization like I can do this. And also even if I can't do it amazingly well, I can't do it this way, right? I can't do it 
with like this version of myself that I was when I didn't trust myself and when I was like insecure and not who I really am um, in my authentic self, not to be cheesy. But once I knew that, then I was like in this really inauthentic business partnership all of a sudden. Cause I'm like, wait, I'm over here now. I just woke up, I know who I am. And why is the old me still hanging out here in a space where I don't need to be? And what's interesting was, can I tell you, um, my business partner that I ran this, this really big small business community with who I had to have a breakup with, uh, she knew when we, she once was like, let's have lunch let's get some wine. And as we're like taking our first sips of wine, she's like, I'm giving you permission like to end Aww. this. And I was like, Oh, it's like, everyone knows you're ready to go off on your own. And it's like, she's like, fly can, little yeah. bird. She's like you can say it like, you don't like doing this with me anymore. And it's becoming so ugly. So, and now we're still like, you know, fantastic business buds, but um, yeah, that long story short, insecurity can make you do crazy things, including like, take your whole business and your whole self down a different path just because you don't want to just make a leap by yourself. I mean, I was, I love how that story though, get like the, she gave you this permission to be insecure, which allowed yes. you then to, I mean, be safe. She, and we'll right? have to someday we'll do a follow up Cause that's also the story of a business partnership that broke up, but then got stronger outside of it. But yeah, she, the people who really love you, and that's the great thing about insecurity and authenticity. Um, even my first side, two businesses, I had a PR agency and I had a small business community I was running and I was in partnerships in both of them because I didn't think I could start a PR agency on my own. It felt overwhelming. I was like 26. So I went into business with my boyfriend, wow. you know, I was like, oh, he'll help me. And, um, <laughs> and then he got like trapped in a business with me. But the funny thing is he and I are still incredible friends, even after the relationship and business ended because that's the beautiful thing about life, no matter how ugly it gets, the people who love you, who know you, even when you think you're hiding it, who like know what you're really like, your weirdness, your own personal formula for you, they know that and they're still sticking around for it. Like both of those business partners like helped birth me out of my, they knew the Sabina who was like shining bright inside me, even when I was like too afraid to unleash her. And they let me like birth her in the ugliest way, which was like, um, let me try to combust this business relationship and be like a total jerk. Right. And then they like, they're still there. One of them is like, still my dogs know him as uncle. Like it's, and my son is my daughter like now. But so again, it's really like, um, super cool. That's the cool thing about insecurity. Cause again, like the, the things that matter will stay there when you come out the other side. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about that one of the remedies for insecurity is is finding people that can be your mirror. No, mm -hmm. we say that we're all each other's mirrors, but like those that can really see your authentic self when you don't when you're mm -hmm. not able to. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that can be a rare relationship, but I'm I'm also curious like with you how insecurity cuz you said it was really ugly mm -hmm. like how did your insecurity present itself to yourself your own personal experience of it but also to others like for me and I can remember always I'm an oldest child I am like a total people pleaser I was like super best at everything like that it's a very stereotypical like version like everyone knows that person and so it's to me outside I've always been trying to be the best at everything and make everyone happy and then as you get suck into that as an adult, it becomes hard because when you're running a business, I was running a PR agency, which is very much into pleasing people anyways. It's like, I was very good at it because I was like, mm -hmm. I've had decades of practice and I'm like taking <laughs> care of everybody, but it really, it manifests itself in like 
it's a challenge, right? Because you have to keep, you're like trying to keep everyone happy all the time and then getting angrier inside because you are not always doing what you need to do. Um, but to me, it was just uh, when you're trying to please everyone all the time, you don't really know what direction you're going in. And so that was hard. But I think the cool thing, though, it's always hard when it's happening is you can't keep those things up for too long. And then like the part of you that's like done with it starts coming out, hopefully. And for me, because I was just doing just naturally doing a lot of like personal growth work, work and trying to take care of myself and work on myself. And I was surrounded by some amazing people who helped me elevate. I sort of found my way out, but like really not gracefully. And I don't, I think that maybe that's the only way to be sometimes when you're trying to figure yourself out, I'd rather like do it really ungracefully than not do it at all. And I wasn't sure how to like in the beginning say what I wanted. So it came out the wrong way. Cause you're so not used to saying what you want when you're insecure. You're just like, what do you want? Um, mm. Or like, I'm great was like my, you know, my mantra about everything. So when I wasn't great, I wasn't sure how to iterate that to people. Um, but I do now. And like, you know. And it's that's in our like everyday language. I mean, it's it's the way that we are taught to greet each other. Right. Hey, how are you? I'm good. And even if you're not good, or if you if you are the one that asks the question, you have to ask twice. Oh, you're good. No, but right. how are you really? To even get to a, a little and bit. Exactly. And then, but then when you start talking about it, then it becomes easier. And then for me, what was cool was, um, well, first I have an amazing world around me. And when I met my husband, not like I needed anybody to help me, but I was already on my way to like knowing myself and my awesomeness. Like I was really, I was drinking my own Kool-Aid. I would, I was like single for a while. <laughs> I was like really high on myself. And so when I met him, he just amplified that. Cause I think you project something out that people are attracted to. I think he's probably mm -hmm. the first relationship I attracted. It was like, this is me and I'm amazing. And he's like, I'm on board. And so he just amplifies but even he knows when I'm being insecure or because people, again, see you for who you are, no matter how much you pretend you're something. Um, but what was interesting for me is the more I'm vulnerable and talk about like I'm not like I very much am sure who I am. Like it was a journey for sure. And of course, my business and life got better and better as I got more and more sure of who I was, which is, again, what like helps you keep doing it. If you're out there listening, you're like, I don't even know where to begin. But every time you do things more and more for yourself or what you know in your gut is right and it's true to who you are, where your business needs to go, not like you're business pleasing people because people will take advantage of all day then, um, things just get better and that encourages you to keep doing it. And then I share my vulnerabilities and what was great for me was then in my communities where I am now, the communities I run, it helps people connect. And I think a big thing for me as my work has grown and my reach has been I am like filterless in many ways. I mean, I keep I keep a lid on my ultra personal stuff, but like I just talk about who I am and what my fears are and stuff. And then people connect to that. And that's mm -hmm. helped me grow my business, but also just like feels better to know that everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Like, so what still triggers you? Like, when do you go to like your really insecure place, even though you've done all this work mm -hmm. and you feel like more grounded, you have a partner that loves and supports and like just amplifies your light. Um, like what still gets you to a place of like, Oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Or I yeah. like, maybe, maybe you feel doled down because I feel like yeah. you're so like the energy about you is so contagious. Like I, every time we talk, I, I love it. And I think that that's Yay. what people are attracted to is, is your light. It's contagious. So I'm wondering like what dulls that light and like what makes you feel 
insecure to this day? Like what are some triggers? Definitely. I'm super competitive. So I have to be careful when I compare myself to people in my industry. Like if anyone does something similar to what I'm doing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I doing enough? And then you get like all crazy. And if you're a parent, like I'm a parent, I can never be doing enough. Like I, I see the 20 year old TikTokers who are like, then I did this, then I did this, then I did, then it was like 10 AM. I'm like, I will never be able to keep up with them because I have a kid and I have a husband and I have like just my own sanity to protect now. So I sometimes will get a little bit like, Oh, what's, you know, what am I even trying to do? But then I realize like, um, there's again, there is someone for that, that young lady who is TikToking and has that time. And there's someone for me and we, it's all cool, but that is hard for me. And then, um, definitely I've had to learn and it's like, mentally a task I manage, which is because I serve clients privately still, and I work in publicity, and it's a really challenging field, this need to keep them happy, which is just like this, Mm. the hamster wheel you're on in PR, and it's out of your controls. You're like, I hope I make them happy. That has been something in the beginning, I would overwork in my 20s, I would work into my like all the time trying to please clients because I didn't trust like I have the reins. I know how this process goes. Um, the same way with employees, I'd be like, how is everyone doing? But now I don't do that with employees to like, I know where the line is. I know that I'm holding the reins. I did not hold the reins tightly with clients or employees when I was younger, for sure. That's interesting. Cause one of the, when I was about to give birth to my son, I chose a doula and a, mm-hmm. a, a, an older doula told me she was like, the best doula you can get is one that's never done it before because they will give you way too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I ended up getting one that was in training that was like, it wasn't even purposeful, but it was, it, there is something to be said about that. Like the, when you're so fresh in it, mm-hmm. you just want to throw all of yourself at it mm-hmm. at the cost of yourself yeah. and not others. And that it takes time to like know like okay what's the balance between people pleasing and and honoring yeah. what I can actually control or not in in their response to the work that I provide or even like little things if someone feels like they're like oh I feel that all the time even my own business like I've learned the easy like baby step for me and that has even been um, not needing to respond immediately with a yes no matter what someone says like let me check my calendar or you know not today but tomorrow because I'd be like oh, you want the essay tonight? Yes. Or like cheating a meeting at three in the morning? Totally. Like I would do anything. Um, and I was also a young entrepreneur. I think it's part of the journey completely, but I was like, yes, 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 yes. And now I'll say like, no, that can be to you next week. Or how about we talk Thursday? And guess what? No one cares. Like they expect you to do that. They're business people. So that was a big awakening for me. Um, but again, like that was a definite journey. And I think you don't start taking that journey until you're like, this sucks. Like this way that I'm living is not giving me what I want. But you have to, so if you're feeling sort of crappy, it's a good thing because you don't get to like change until you are in that space of like, no more of this. Because otherwise you just simmer in that mediocrity until you're like, this is not a soup I'm into. Like I need to go somewhere else. So you have to sort of feel like this sucks or you just hang out there. Yeah. I mean, it's that that when things just are really bad, then that's Mm -hmm. when you're going to make changes if they're not going to get really bad. So you're like- That's it. Yeah, something's got to give. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Forget it. I, I love that anymore. simmer in mediocrity. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's what such you do. Well, saying. you know, it's funny. My my husband told me that right before we met, he and his dad. Uh, my husband's from London, and they were out like somewhere in 
somewhere cool in Europe in the ocean. And, um, but he's, his dad had been talking like how he'd been feeling about a former relationship. And he was like, I just feel like I'm treading water as they're treading water in like real time. But then and he's, his dad's like, you know, you never want to feel like you're treading water in life. And I, and I feel like that's a thing we all do until it just gets to be the point of this is unbearable. So I always say like, if you're feeling really crappy, it's good. It means you're like, mm-mm. No more. Yeah, yeah. That that whole thing that you started with, that you know, the discomfort that that mm-hmm. actually serves the change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you spend a lot of time in front of the camera, I do. right? Um, you know, on like Good Morning America and mm-hmm. otherwise. I do. Um, yeah. So, like, what's your process in preparing to be in front of the camera? And yeah, like, I, I know. Can you I just tell you, oh my gosh! Can I tell you every time? Every <laughs> time I have a segment, I'm like, why did I do this? This is the worst because I'm like so nervous. I want to throw up. Like, honestly, the only good thing about the pandemic for work for me has been um, that you can film from your home, which feels much less overwhelming. Like I can hide my talking points on a table or I can like have my husband in the corner, like thumbs upping me or timing me. (laughs) But because he does, he's like my production and my cameras and my lighting and like everything now because we're working in a kid's playroom as a TV studio. But we... um. It's really hard. That's another thing. Like, I love the Tina Fey quote, just say yes and figure it out afterwards. And I'm a big believer in that. And I also once watched an interview with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler talking about how when they were in improv, one of the jobs you do is, like, try to make yourself as uncomfortable as possible all the time. Like, just, like, throw yourself into situations to make you uncomfortable. So even though, like, I really wanted to do TV, I was, like, oh, like, I was always creating excuses not to do enough of it and then I realized it was because I just get really nervous so I just book it all the time now and then it became even still so like years later I've been doing it for 10 years or so I still every time I'm like why did I do this can I call in sick is that tacky like I think these all these things in my head (laughs) and then the minute the camera is rolling I'm like I love this like it's so great so it's all the same thing like and I know so many people who feel the same way who do what I do who are like right before the camera goes on I'm like Oh, so freaked out. It's just like, but you still have to do it. So what happens if you have a bad segment? I mean, I, you guys, I once had a segment start and I had been going into my whole, like, I'm nervous. My mouth is dry. Uh, and they're like announcing me in a second. The cameras are on. So I was like, took a swig of my, like, and I had like a coffee mug or something. And the camera went right on me when I was like mid swig. And I just waved because they're like, and here's Sabina. And I'm like drinking from coffee on camera live, like waving at the camera. <laughs> and then, but whatever. And I remember calling my sister afterwards. was like, and then like the whole thing was like a news reporter tried to pick up a plant that was a prop thinking it was part of the show. It was so weird. And it was live and it was hilarious. But I told my sister all about it. And I laughed so hard. And then, when, of course, when she watched it, she's like, I didn't notice anything weird. It was totally fine. It's like yeah. all in your head, weirdo. <laughs> but I still, like, every time I do a segment, I call my little sister, who's, like, an adult mom now. But I call my sister, and I'm like, tell me I'm Beyonce. Like, tell me I'm amazing. <laughs> Listen to me do my talking points and say they're genius. And then I get a little pep talk, and then I go on. And it's all good. <laughs> so has there is there anyone that has, like, modeled – a healthy relationship to insecurity or just like um, the dance with confidence and insecurity to you? I'm trying to think things to me have mostly been, I have a couple girlfriends who are very vulnerable and honest. And I find that the way they are, that inspires me to be the same way. And then whenever I see any business owner who 
is the same way who can talk about their bad parts as much as their good parts that inspires you. Like everyone's always like, I made it in like one year I became a billionaire and I'm so great. Everything's amazing and I'm confident. And that does not inspire me. Um, but people who talk about their improvements. And so I think for me, that's just the, the friends and business people I watch who are really honest about their journeys just show me. Cause again, every time all of us do it, it gives, it's like the cliche, but it gives everyone else permission to do that. So we see someone doing it and you're like, Oh, I can do that. And what's also cool is those friends I like more and I trust more cause they're so honest and vulnerable. And then we share and we learn. So in the same way, like, um, when I, when you do that, people like you more. Yeah. I mean, so the third place, you know, as we've told you in the past, but a lot about the third place is creating safety to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. ugly, to be mm -hmm. raw. And I'm curious, like in the world of PR, like, what does that look like? How are you creating a third place with the work that you do with the small businesses? And then also with, you know, just the PR world in general? I think, so for me, one of the big things I do is I have this online PR school, which is a, is also just a big small business community that surrounds it of like 1,500 small businesses who are students wow. in that space. And one thing I like is because often kicked off with some story about me, like I fell down on the way to Oprah Magazine in their offices in front of their staff once. Like I have, <laughs> I will happily tell my stories because then they are catalysts for other people to start talking and sharing. And watching them go from like, I don't want to do anything, I'm frozen, to taking action has been huge for me. And that I love seeing that. And I love knowing that we make that space for them, both in just opening the conversation and making it normal, and also giving them the tools they need to do it. Like, I'll tell you, in the past week, we've had one small business owner named Cecilia who filmed Good Morning America. And she was like, up to the last minute, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm terrified. And we like encouraged her. We cheered her on. She loved it afterwards, of course. So that was a big moment for her. And then another one named Marsha, um, a woman in her 60s, filmed a local news show two days ago. And again, these are stories of people who are like totally don't know what they're doing, but they just jumped yeah. in. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm on my national or my, my local news now. So knowing that we're making that space is awesome. And um, knowing, and this is for all of you listening, like, the power we have when we invite like our own stories into it, right. And share our own selves takes no money, takes like nothing. And it's such a powerful tool that we can use against all the other weapons. I think that are, cause everything's being weaponized and just like is really angry out there. But the power of our storytelling in whatever community we're in to like gather our tribe and like pull them together, I think is huge. And I see that in my community like one story or one like connecting point can trigger all this other stuff. I, I, I hear you saying too something that we talked about that like so much insecurity comes from just never having done something before. Mm -hmm. And that that's like, I think so universal is like, if you've never done it, it brings up all of your, um, all of the things that you're scared about and that it's, mm -hmm. it's very fear based mm -hmm. and, and that what you're doing is ex exactly that you're, you're, defying the fear and making it safe to to be to take a risk and it's like a bummer that we as adults think that anything new is either you're good at it or this is mortifying like what are we doing i see this this is like the biggest thing for my daughter is like i watch juliet she messes up like 24 7 and she is all <laughs> about it she performs dance performance as like, like every toddler does dance performances in our living room every night and 
will fall down or slip. She's not very, you know, she's like just learned to jump and skip. Doesn't care, loves it, keeps doing it, has the best time ever. Um, and all of us as adults, when we try new things, assume like, oh, I'm supposed to be good at this? Like, what is that? It's so right. weird. So I'm trying to like let my students all know that like, A, once you can go with the, like accept like, this is gonna feel weird. Yeah, it's it's new, it's awkward, but it's still gonna be a really fun adventure. Let's do this. Um, because I don't wanna keep living my life and I hope they don't like afraid to do the new things. Um, Cause that's the, how we got this far as adults. And then we just decided to stop doing anything we're bad at all of a sudden. And then we get like nowhere. Yeah, I love Mary in the episode uh, said she called her son perfectly mm -hmm. imperfect. And it's like this childlike mentality of, and, and that's what I hope that we could embrace or that that's helped me. Like, it's great to be new and it's, yeah, it's a little bit scary, but you still like, yeah. so what, you know, and you just go after it, you know, and that's, that's the truth of the it case. Is. I've been learn. trying to do that. Things that make me feel weird now are like doing Instagram reels or all these video things. So I'm like, I am not, I don't know what's going on. Like, I can't. <laughs> Figure it out, but David. I'll still do it. I'm like, I'm David. gonna do it anyways. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny you say that because David's laughing uncontrollably because I don't. I, he asked me, I was like, just make a story, and he's like, how do you make a story? It was no, it was like a succession of events. What was it of like share a post on a story? He's like, okay, great, I see that, but then how do I make a story? I'm like, oh boy, it's but it's like yeah, I was like, I gotta figure this out, and I'm gonna feel like a total weirdo, but I can do it anyways. But I'm trying to have fun with it instead of be like, oh you're not good enough. It's over. Like, what is that? That silliness. So now I'm going to be like, this is hilarious. I'm laughing at myself. I show my husband my attempts because he's like, why are you breaking it down in the backyard? Like, what are you doing out there repeatedly? I'm like, <laughs> I'm shooting a reel. And um, I don't even care. Like, make fun of me all you want, guys. So hi, neighbors. I'm like, I don't even care. So I think once we let ourselves go to that place, it's like you unleash yourself, then it's magical. <laughs> so it sounds like, like, would you say then one of the tools to help you combat insecurity over time has just been throwing yourself into things that are uncomfortable or that oh are gosh, unfamiliar yeah. and, and just bring humor to it? Yeah, definitely that. And also like doing them, the more you do the things, the less scary they are because you keep doing them. Like when I used to teach, so I teach webinars all the time or live classes. I've been doing it for years. When I first did them, I was like so scared beforehand. I would be like, OCD. I check everything. I like put signs on every door because I lived in a New York apartment building at that point. Like no one make noise near this door. Like what if God forbid someone heard a noise while I'm broadcasting from my apartment? But like, and I'd be so scared with the tech and the things. I'd be like literally couldn't eat all morning until this webinar went on. Now you can be like Sabina, three in the morning, do a webinar now in your pajamas. I'd be like Amber on. Like I don't care. Totally fine. So I feel like the more you do the things, the less everything gets scary. Then you're like, what will I do now in a good way? Because we as humans, we keep upping the ante in good ways and bad ways whenever things go our way. So I feel like I'm going to keep pushing myself. But another huge thing for me is just community. Like you have to have people in your circle who are also pushing themselves, who are also going to say like, this is scary or this is hard, but we're still doing it. Or like, how can I support you? Or I know you committed to asking for this thing and how did, did you do it? Like you, if you don't have people moving that way, then you need to get on like a group of people doing that. Cause I know back in the day too, like my twenties were my most insecure times. I wasn't hanging out a lot with people who were like elevating in the way that like some of my friends were, but some of them were all just like wallowing in their misery together. And that, mm -hmm. so you, if you want to, get over your insecurity or just learn to grow need to be hanging out with people who want to do the same thing. 
Like yeah, here. that's <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's interesting, because I feel like you're also touching on something that we talked about, too, where um, just that insecurity is like a lack of control. Mm-hmm. too and so mm-hmm. what we try to do is like be meticulous and make all the puzzle pieces come together exactly mm-hmm. in the right way and then we realize that shit can still hit the fan even when you have all the pieces put together all the yeah. plan and so it's like what a what a waste of of energy i mean look at us now if anyone was like hey you're gonna have stayed in the same room like basically or like the same <laughs> house from like march to september You'd be like, you're nuts on like New Year's Day or something 2020. And now look at all of us. Like, look where we're at. This is so weird. Um, We're pretending like it's not, but it's totally weird. So like, I feel (laughs) like that is an example. And the the pandemic for me has made me have to go with the flow a lot. Just like be like, right, like here we are trying to make it go. Especially any of you listening who are parents. Not to say that it's not hard if you're not a parent, but you just have so much less time to make it work when you're a parent that um. You really have to learn to just, you don't have time for insecurity because you like learn to make it work. Yeah. Was there any moment during the pandemic that was like your, like your lowest moment? Yeah. Oh my God. Can I just, I don't know why I'm like, let me just, uh, I have, please. I will tell you though, when we, so my husband and I lived in the New York city area until March and then we came to Maine for like a quick two weeks that turned into two months. And then we decided to move here. And that journey, which was also like my company was like exploding in a good way, like really growing all of a sudden. And then he is a media consultant and his work was slowing down. And there's like a whole bunch of change. We moved states. All my friends just left, you know, the same, the big city people, everyone just left. And so it was a big, a lot of change, which is we're like going through in real time with like a full-time toddler at home and full-time work. It was a lot. And it was like hard to feel like there was any end. And I'm sure a lot of parents can relate. This whole, it's been like a lot of like 24 seven, just like thinking it felt like, and that was really hard to me, but I just decided like, number one, I keep my root, like things I need. Like I have routine things I need, like morning walks or whatever I need, kept that going. And then I always just trust that, um, I keep moving forward, things will keep getting better. But uh, that was a really hard place. And I think one thing that helped, though, to put like a bow on our conversation was like, I am able to talk really vulnerably with my parents yeah. and my partner. And so when we were hitting our like rock bottomy feelings, not even like it was like so dramatic, but like, it was hard. You're like, what are we doing? What are our jobs? And look like, where are we going to live? What? Let's figure that out in the two hours a day we have to ourselves or something. So that was a lot, but being able to say that out loud with my parents, with my partner, my husband was like a, probably the biggest thing because then everyone sort of knows where we all stand and we can all circle the wagons and work through it. I love that. I love that. I feel like, yeah, just to have safety in your home in this mm-hmm. whole time because I feel like it'd be it would be odd to me to hear that someone didn't completely – reconsider everything in their life at least at one point during this whole time oh my god and I like let it go like I'll tell you what other what also helped was one day just like totally having a meltdown in my mom's kitchen with just my mom and me because you know that just helps sometimes just to be able sometimes you just have to like <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this move but, yeah like, you like, can well because I really, and then I was like apologizing and my dad was there I'm like I'm so sorry my dad was like let that shit go and I was like wow like I just like had to he's like sometimes you just have to let that shit go and like let it out 
this is such a hard thing. Everyone's having to pivot and elevate every like cliched word and like take care of your kids and take care of your parents and buy your groceries the right way. And like, don't not wash your hands a million times. <laughs> it's a lot. And I had to just like, let it all go. But then it's cool to know you can do that and still be okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's just letting, letting energy move through you, whatever mm-hmm. that is. If it's the, it's the morning walk that you do, or it's a shedding mm-hmm. some tears or screaming or like, I, whatever. I think that, it sometimes it just is an energetic thing, and it's like I am definitely a big crier, <laughs> and and I used to have so much shame and insecurity around it, and now I'm like, no, that's just me moving through so that I can understand what's happening. Me, it's me a, too. Yeah, it's a <laughs> part too. of me like actually getting to a place where I can understand what's happening because otherwise, if I try to suppress it, it's just like makes me sick. So me I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, that's my way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, again, like you being knowing yourself and knowing what's right for you. And that's a big part of like, to me, how no you apologies. also like living your best life. If you don't get to do what you know works for you. And guess what? It's not the same as what works for everyone else. Like sometimes I have students and small business owners that come to me. They're like, you know, so-and-so got this figured out like really quickly. And it is, I feel like a failure because it didn't for me. And I'm like, well, we all do things differently. Like I still can't run a marathon and my sister can like run two in a week or something. Like we all do things differently. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, we all work through things differently. And once we're okay with that, like everything gets better. Well, I loved every minute of our conversation. And I <laughs> um, I feel like that I, was good therapy, guys. It was so nice. <laughs> you're welcome. That'll be $150. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm, uh, you know, can you please tell everyone where we can find out more about this community that you help run and everything else that you do and uh, on social too, because you're such a fun personality. Yeah, I just sure. want to like... <laughs> Tune I, in. Uh, I will first of all hang out with me on Instagram, which is at Sabina Knows. I just do the say I talk about everything there and also give PR tips. But you can also find me on my PR school is at pressforsuccess.com. And I have a blog at sabinanose.com, just like the social handle where I talk about life and PR and courage and all that stuff. Thank you, Sabina. Thanks for having me, both of you. This was a lot of fun and such. Thank you for bringing conversations like this into the space that you're in. That means a lot coming from you, for sure. Thank you. Good for doing it. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. Thank you, Sabina. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. Have a great week, everyone. Be well.